This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Joining us now on the phone lines, it's our good friend of the show, Mr. Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Joins us just about this same time every single Thursday here on the program. Mr. Backo, how we doing this week? Is this... You know, Moats and I were talking, it's, this is kind of the time of year where things slow down a little bit, right, for the next couple months after the draft, uh, before training camp. Yeah, we'll have some OTAs and mini camp stuff, we think, uh, at least more so than last year. But is it kind of the same for you? Is this an enjoyable time of the year where things slow down a little bit uh, before we, you know, get to the end of July? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's, it's, not, as, uh, it's not as completely dead in the NFL news world as it gets you know after mini camp in late June and then sure. for about a month until training camp but this time of year is fun because you know you're, you're getting to learn more about these rookies these draft picks you know last year we didn't get a chance to see any of them in person I, you know I think that's going to change here in 2021 but uh, it's always a, a hallmark of mini camp and OTAs uh, that you get a chance to to write about some of those long shots, tell their stories, and uh, who knows? Sometimes uh, those, those guys even make it out of uh, of May football in shorts and in t-shirts and uh, stick around for the real thing. <laughs> now, I'm not as civilized today. <laughs> We've had uh, Moats woke up and choose vi- chose violence. I chose violence this morning. All right, we're gonna cut to the chase. All right, man, what you make of? Uh, Mr. Al Villanueva's comments, man. Have you seen him? I know you're aware of these things, man. He leaves, and this is what we get. Like, I, how, how do you feel about that? Well, I can go both ways on this one, Lynn. And I think that, you know, somebody as complex and, and I would say probably <laughs> admittedly uh, complicated as Al probably can see it both ways as, as well. He was probably feeling more than one way about it. I think on one hand, you know, he, he's a jokester. He was well-liked in the locker room and I think had fun with a lot of players who were very different from him in terms of age, background, upbringing. I mean, hey, Al's different from basically everybody, right, when you look at his backstory. So I think he was a guy who always could laugh and, and mess around with people um, but but have a good relationship with them. So I, I wouldn't put too much stock into, oh, he's, he's trying to come at Juju all these months later. I, I don't know that it's quite that deep but on the flip side he's the guy that thinks about what he wants to say before an Mm, interview mm -hmm. how he wants to say it and i I think that the whole tiktok comment and all the stuff about passing 800 times as he exaggerated uh last year and and in 2019 that had to come from some place of truth right so that's kind of how i they say every joke has a little truth but it makes for a juicy storyline yeah i mean they they say every joke has has some truth that's all they say every joke has a little truth Mm -hmm. ain't ain't that the truth (laughs) (laughs) ain't no lie sticking with big al then mr Backo. um and you talk about how he's kind of very calculated with everything that he says before he speaks because he he usually only speaks publicly you know or, or, or i should say he only speaks publicly very rarely um one of the things that he said, you know, Moats and I were, were playing some of the audio in the first segment, and it kind of got us to laugh, and we were like, eh, the Ravens might not have been so crazy about that. 
um, he seemed to kind of tip his hat that, that, that Ronnie Stanley's going to be back and healthy, right, and that he is nailed down at the right tackle position when he was talking about just all his focus right now being on uh, learning the playbook and, and learning on playing a new side of the offensive line. I don't know. Is, you know, is the, is the savvy journalist in you, do you think that that was a thing that Baltimore heard and they were like, ah, come on, man, we were trying to leave some of that Ronnie Stanley doubt <laughs> out there, or do you think that, that that's not so much a big deal? No, I don't think that's a big deal. I mean, I did watch the whole 20-plus minute thing because, you know, one thing that I can't stand is is when people just, you know, they'll run with one quote from it and don't yes. have the full context of, of everything and, and what else was said because there were a lot of complimentary things said by Al about Pittsburgh and the Steelers organization as well. I suppose you could argue that that's, you know, pretty much the baseline of, of any press conference when you go from one team to another, and, and it's only news if you don't say those things. Um, but, hey, let's let's give him a little bit of credit. I, I think anyone who's just sitting here saying, wow, what a classless move <laughs> by Al, this guy's so bitter, they probably didn't watch the entire interview. But that being said, uh, yeah, you're, you're right, Wes. I mean, he's usually a pretty honest guy. And, you know, the whole pandemic and, and COVID-19 and how it's affected uh, the way NFL teams and players are covered, Al's kind of a good example because we know he's famously uh, off the grid by choice. He, he doesn't have a smartphone. He doesn't read what's being written or said about him, or at least that's what he claims. Um, but that also means that you can't just go walk up to him in the locker room like you would in a normal year. So he was at the center of, uh, of a lot of issues on and off the field last season. And I think we only heard from him once or twice via zoom. And yeah, he's, like you like you alluded to, he's not really the the kind of guy who's going to just pick up the phone, call his favorite beat writer or columnist, <laughs> and uh, and chat about what's up. So that interview with him uh, with Ravens media yesterday is probably the last we'll hear from him, uh, maybe until training camp. Yeah, that's the same thing we had said as well, man. He does not like to do a lot of talking from a media standpoint. But um, well, once you get him on there, he he loves to talk. I mean, mm-hmm. he had the twenty minute <laughs> interview and. You know, it, it obviously went to some places that were eyebrow-raising <laughs> in terms of the uh, the candor. But, yeah, yeah it, it's going to be one of those deals where I think well, – I don't know if it was was it Zach Banner who said uh, Al probably just – you know, he's going to shut off his flip phone and not see a single word of, uh, of everything that's being spoken about him now. And, and, hey, by the time training camp gets here, this stuff's all going to be kind of forgotten about yeah. water under the bridge. Unless, of course, the Steelers are playing the Ravens in week one. (laughs) (laughs) Now, with that being said, though, as we talk about this from a football standpoint, what does that mean for the Ravens' offensive line, and what does that mean for the Steelers' offensive line? Do you think that they got better now that Al is there, and do you think we got worse now that he's gone, but we've seen the moves that we've made from a drafting standpoint? I don't think Al was as bad last year as it's been painted out to be, and some of the advanced metrics and and stats will – Kind of back that up if you buy into. I mean, they PFF said that rating. from from PFF, they say he was one of the best run blockers in the Correct. whole NFL. Correct. So you can now, take that I, for I how you want to take that, that but that's definitely yeah. what they said <laughs> in the whole yeah, NFL. Here's the deal, though. Here's the deal, though. I, you know, exact. I don't think Al was a turnstile or anything like right, the right. Steelers fans have been calling him on his way out the door. I think he was credited with three sacks allowed again mm-hmm. by Pro Football Focus, but the the demeanor for him in the run game was just not working. Uh, you know, he, you know, you talk about the technique of the Steelers O line and, you know, yeah, this is above my pay grade for sure. But when you think of players who just kind of want to 
stand up and, and pass protection and not get down and dirty in a three-point stance. I, I feel like he was kind of the face of that <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. It was interesting to hear him talk yesterday about I'm how running the ball. The Army, you know, all he did was run block, and that's what he came up on doing. Right. I didn't really see that manifest itself in his actual performance in the last few years. Perhaps losing Munchak, who he, he mentioned a few times yesterday, uh, you know, did something to him either with his psyche or just his technique or his execution, what have you. So it, it wasn't surprising to me that he admitted the Steelers told him right after the season, yeah, we're going to go in a different direction because clearly the direction they want to go uh, is prioritizing, you know, being able to get some push up front. And I think just, you know, simply his his frame being 6'9", uh, that's never going to be one of his strong suits. I, to, to bring it all back around, I'm surprised that, that he is who the Ravens kind of want to pin their right yeah. tackle job to. I thought they'd go with a guy who's, maybe a little younger, certainly more experienced at right tackle and perhaps has a better reputation as a run blocker. That's the yes. same thing that we thought, and that's what was such, I guess, like a, not even alarming, but just so intriguing. Intriguing, Yeah, when you see him or make you hear him make these comments about, man, I'm going to enjoy run blocking and this is, you know, what you want to do is off the Yeah, the eye I, test didn't necessarily back yeah, that up this past year. I'm like, year. you've never had like this, I want to be a super physical run like blocker. Like Jack Conklin out there. You know what I mean? Like, you, you do your thing from a pass blocking standpoint. Even on your down year, which was last year, you're still a really good pass blocker. Yeah. But run blocking, like, dang, when, when did you become this? I want to maul everybody. That's It was just surprising to me. Yeah. And that's all. That's always what every offensive lineman says he wants to do is, you know, you, you want to just be able to try to win man against man and, uh, you know, blow somebody off the ball and, you know, pick up four yards a, a pop because if you do that, you'll never get stopped. But uh, as far as that goes, too, with the Ravens guys, I, I really thought they were going to draft an offensive lineman. Now, I know they, they had two first-round picks, and they had two pretty big holes at edge rusher and wide receiver. But they so didn't they even address, fill that hole. You, you, they, I, yeah, well, they, I they, thought in the third round they, they would draft a, a tackle. Instead, they got the humongous guard uh, from Georgia, Ben Cleveland. Here's a fun fact. Ravens drafted a guy named Cleveland. <laughs> Steelers drafted a former Ravens fan. The Bengals drafted a player out of Cincinnati. And, or, excuse me, the Browns drafted a player out of Cincinnati, and the Bengals drafted a pass rusher who grew up watching the Steelers. So uh, everything is hot in the AFC North kitchen. <laughs> Brian Backo, our buddy from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, always bringing it here on the show. Uh, Moach, you, you good on the Big Al stuff if we transition here a little bit I with am. Mr. Backo? I, I am. Mr. Backo has done a phenomenal job of addressing all of my questions. You know what? We uh, – Kind of talk. We 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 we. That was an Al Villanueva conversation there, but the offensive line part of it, obviously, for the Steelers as well too. Mister Backo, uh, we heard Kevin Colbert uh, speak this morning on one of the other radio stations in town. You know, one of those one of those other radio stations here in, mm. in Western Pennsylvania. Them guys. I haven't heard it. I haven't heard it because I, I only listen to right. uh, to this show. That's right. It is. He listens to it on loop all day. Twenty. Well, 18 hours a day, he sleeps for six hours a day well, when he's not he, working. If he doesn't, then he's not being faithful to us. And if he's not faithful to us, we got to kick him off the friend group. We do know he is a P1, as yeah, they would call him in the business. Man. One of our loyal listeners. Uh, Brian Backo, Kevin Colbert talking about the Steelers meeting today to talk about potentially adding in this second wave of free agency. If you were to guess, you know, kind of, if they were to pick a, a position group that they're more unsettled about, that they – you know, to steal your word from last week, that they're unsettled about, that they if they would to, to add, would it be the offensive line maybe still? 
or is it is it clearly the secondary, the defensive backs, if they are going to bring in, you know, maybe a, a veteran free agent at this point? To me, it's it's clearly the secondary, and that's the one area in which I would ding their draft a little bit. Like I'd give them, you know, if you people always want to talk letter grades with draft, I'd give them a solid B because I do think that's sort of where they whiffed a little bit. Is you know, what are they seeing that we're not seeing with that position group? And it's not just slot corner. Um, you know, Cam Sutton's not even really proven at outside corner over the course of a full season, and it's not just cornerback. All parts of it. It's also safety where Minka Fitzpatrick has really no backup at this point. So I, I think, you know, if they're going to add anywhere, I, I would want to see them look to a, a veteran corner first, although they do have Trevor Williams, who everyone kind of forgets about. Uh, you know, maybe he is he's cooked, but uh, he had a lot of experience earlier in his NFL career with the Chargers. Um, so safety is another one. You know, there's going to be guys out there who you, you'd probably feel better about rolling out instead of Trey Norwood if push comes to shove. And, you know, this is kind of like tight end has been the last few years. They've, they've really been hesitant for whatever reason uh, to, to bring in like a true backup safety. I remember a couple of years ago, Cam Kelly was in that spot and that ended up mattering in week one. He, he didn't do so well against the Patriots last year. It was the guy Curtis Riley, who uh, I think initially made the team out of camp, but then got cut soon thereafter so that those two positions to me um you know again maybe they know something that we don't about the returning personnel but still sitting here scratching my head a little bit uh at, at why the depth there isn't a little bit better mm-hmm. i like that i could definitely see that right there now going back and talking a little bit more of these outside linebackers right here we've seen them draft quincy roche right in the sixth round do you think that that's a position that we could see potentially shaking up a little bit more? I know, was it Cassius Marsh is still on that depth chart, but as a whole, he didn't really perform to the liking of, you know, Steeler Nation and things like that. So could we see any more movement there? I don't think so. I think Marsh, I mean, yeah, he, it's not like he was setting the world on fire in that playoff game. You know, you go back and there there weren't many, if any, reps from him that, that wowed you, but he was getting thrown into the fire there uh, had, had just kind of jumped on the moving train about a month before. I, I still think that if he's your fourth uh, pass rusher, you know, you're, you're not all that bad off, especially because he, he brought a certain intensity to special teams. So I kind of think he's going to find a way to stick around this season. And Quincy Roche, fellas, I, I like Roche. him. I, I kind of thought when, when you look at the value Uh, of getting him in the sixth round where they did, like you could argue that was their best pick just based on uh, the Mm -hmm. player and and how he fell to them. So I think he is going to be able to, to grab that job. He he doesn't seem like a project to me. I I know people were talking about, Oh, this is another college DN. They have to convert to outside linebacker. This guy stood up over tackle at times at Miami and temple. He's got the, the exact same, dimensions almost as Alex Highsmith so I'm really not worried about him coming in here and and being able to to do that job and it's it's a position where you know you're going to be needed every game but but not for that many snaps and usually you're going to get thrown in there in a passing down situation and and that's where I think Roche can uh, can grab the bull by the horns as a rookie and uh, and you know be what Ola Adani and Anthony Ciccolo have been. Hmm. And that would be, I mean, that would be a, a very be encouraging yeah, development for the Steelers. As we know, uh, after T.J. Watt and after Alex Highsmith, it is a little thin at that position. And they, need, they need to hit 
on one of these uh, late round they do. pass rushers eventually, right? Like Sutton Smith was yep. kind of a shot in the dark a couple of years ago and didn't even make it to week one. Uh, you know, Isaiah Bugs wasn't a pass rusher, but it sure seems like a couple of years after he well, was, I was gonna say, even before pick, then, he I might think not it, be long for this team. Well, I think even the previous two years, you had uh, Keon Adams, outside linebacker. Uh, he never he never he, really materialized, yeah. and then yeah, uh, was he seventh? He might have been a seven. Was he seven? Yeah, they, yeah he was either six or seven. And then uh, Travis Feeney, Travis a year Feeney. before yep. that, he was a <laughs> was he, he was either fifth Feeney. or sixth run as well. Feeney. I think he was fifth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you would you would like to see one of those guys, um, one of those later round pass rushers, end up being you know maybe a Pro Bowl type guy, coming good on one of those late round picks for the Steelers. I don't need to see a Pro Bowler, just someone who can stick on the darn rock. <laughs> <laughs> just somebody who's around for, uh, you know, like long enough to earn a degree or something just, there just on the defense. Just make it back one, up. please. Jeez. <laughs> uh, Brian, I, I want to uh, to to run something past you here as we as we start to wrap this thing up that I that I discussed with Moats in our in our open here today. Uh, my biggest draft takeaway for the Steelers, and this is you know on the back of just the snapshot of everything that's happened with free agency and the offense in general. It just feels to me like the offense has to take a significant step forward this year, right? We know what happened in free agency, and there's not always the direct um, correlations that we want to draw, but nonetheless, the snapshot of it is, you know, Mike Hilton, Steven Nelson, and Bud Dupree are gone, while Juju and Ben Roethlisberger are, are still here, right? You look at the draft, first four picks all on the offense. We know also a new offensive line coach, new offensive coordinator. It just feels to me, like Mr. Backo, the onus on this season has to be, you know what, the defense, maybe they won't be as great as we've seen in stretches over the last two years, but that's okay as long as the offense takes a significant step forward. I think they have to, Brian, and I think you could argue, right, obviously in turn, if they can do that, if they can become a more balanced offense, run the football more often and more effectively, that does in turn still benefit the defense. But that's kind of my overall takeaway from the last few months, now with the draft, that they have clearly prioritized taking a big step forward on offense, maybe even at the expense of the defense a little bit, and, and that better transpire this fall. Yeah, I'll go along with that, and, and it kind of ties in with something I've said before on the show, is that I I truly believe that they think their defense is in good hands when you just look at the yeah. core, and you know, you'll find pieces to fill in around it. So, I mean, hey, it's, it's not like uh, they can really be beating their chest after the way they played in the wild card game. But you're right. Over the, the final stretch of the 2020 season, the offense was extremely hard to watch with the exception of the, the Colts win and then, you know, a, a few plays here and there actually from Mason Rudolph in that Week 17 tilt against the Browns. So uh, they're, put, they're putting, uh, you know, the onus on that group to – take new personnel and, you know, be a lot better than they were a year ago. And it's, it's always kind of the, the reductive uh, football for dummies cliche way to frame the offense, but guys, they're going to go as Ben goes in a lot of ways. I mean, sure. You're, you're giving them the help with Najee Harris and maybe that's even less on Ben's shoulders than there has been in the past. But uh, you know, you're every team you face uh, is going to have a defense <laughs> that's trying to gear up the stop what you do. So you've got to be balanced. You've got to be two-dimensional. On paper, you've got all the weapons to do that. Uh, so it's going to come down to the QB. It's going to come down to the O-line. And it's it's going to come down to the, the new offensive coordinator in Matt Canada. I like it. Now, Mr. Backo, before I let you go, I'm going to ask you a question. It doesn't have anything to do with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Whoa, I like but, These are my favorite kind of questions. But <laughs> I just need to know, man, what are your thoughts on this whole Aaron Rodgers situation? Ooh. Has he played his last snap in Green Bay? 
Man, I kind of think he has, and I like. I can't tell if I love Aaron Rodgers or hate him on <laughs> Like, you kind of got, like, you almost respect. I think that's those, where like, a lot of people are, just, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no, you know what's given by him a lot of the times. And, like, you, you almost, you hate to see that, but you also know. No, you that, don't. Hey, you love to see. Being re- <laughs> if we're being real, this is a guy who's got the leverage. He knows he's a bad boy and he's good at what he does. So. Uh, he, he wants to, you know, make his NFL career the way he sees it. And, uh, you know, was just reading the other day about how things fell apart with him and Mike McCarthy. Uh, he won that battle, but uh, tough to imagine the, the brass in Green Bay, <laughs> which is different from the, you know, the ownership structure yes. of, of every single other team. But it's tough to imagine him coming out on top yet again. Uh, it's, it's almost like... Uh, a Game of Thrones type storyline or something like it, it, who is going to sit on the throne at Lambo <laughs> when this is all said and done? He's been there for a while. Kind of feels like things are going to you know break a different way, uh, and and he might be elsewhere when next season starts, or maybe not in the NFL. Ooh, Jeopardy host. Yeah, I feel right, like Jeopardy he'd really host. do it, guys. I, I think he would too. Really, I too. Yeah, I feel like he would do it, man. He would definitely. He doesn't do care. It. <laughs> he'd just he'd just walk into the Packers front office yeah. and. Give me the loot. Give me the loot. I'm and a we bad know, and we boy. Know this as well. We should know this as well as any fan base, right? Because, like, <laughs> Les Bell did it. Like, A.B. kind of did You're it. You're right. El Bell, Bell did do that. El Bell hit us with the, oh, I really won't play. I don't care about this 14. I will not play. <laughs> and he didn't, have, he didn't have Jeopardy in the background. No, he's going to play. He's not going to sit out. And no, you're right. Power. Well, guess what? He did. You're absolutely so I'm right. Not, you know. I'm You're not guaranteed. Right. It's a lot of whole different factors between him and Rogers, but we here in Pittsburgh, we saw it up close and personal. Uh, oh, sometimes man. these guys aren't bluffing. Fellas, all I'll say is this. You know, the Packers have had three legendary Hall of Fame championship winning quarterbacks in their history. Mm-hmm. Bart Starr, Brett Favre, now Aaron Rodgers. Bart Starr played for the Packers for 16 seasons. Brett Favre played for the Packers for 16 seasons. Last year was Aaron Rodgers' 16th season with the Green Bay Packers. It's just something about that number. Up Expired. There. Up there. Expired. <laughs> Expired. Up there in Lambeau. <laughs> our buddy Brian Backo, he's never expired. He's our good friend of the show. Make sure you're reading and checking out all his work in the PG. He does not do cap. Buddy, thank you for the time as always. We really appreciate it. No problem. Have a good Thursday, guys. You yeah. as well. Always delightful. Always a good Thursday when we get to catch up with our buddy Brian Backo here on the phone lines. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. You guys know the drill. When we come back here for our last segment, we will get to your tweets, your comments, your questions, your concerns, and your reactions. Any and everything, huh? And you can do that at Wesley Euler at the body 52. Duh. Yeah, Motsi, what does happen with Aaron Rodgers? While, while we, we just brought that up here before we go to break, what, how's this all play out? I'm kind of agreeing with Mr. Backo here. I don't think that he will go do the Jeopardy thing, but I don't think he'll play for the Packers I again. don't think he'll play for the Packers. I just think that they're going to try to move him now. I think that they have to because they understand, hey, man, I'm we're not going to win this here. We know that he's not going to come back, and it's just it puts their roster in two – much crazy now we know they have Jordan Love and I'm he sure they're be hiring good. him he One better of the things be is, good the reports have been that he's been really good in practice and they they've yeah. been very impressed with him yeah. but it's different regardless of how impressive he is he's not Aaron Rodgers right now but the same was said when Aaron Rodgers took over for Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers wasn't who he is today when he took over Absolutely. for Favre Absolutely. and Favre when he went to Minnesota he still was that dude he took him to an NFC championship game should have taken him to a Super Bowl Absolutely so we already saw how it played out where 
even though they made the move a year or two too soon, it made sense in the long run. If you're Green Bay, you could take a similar approach and say, well, hey, even though we know Aaron probably has another two to three years of elite play, mm-hmm. man, this is our guy right here. Yeah. Jordan's going to be the next guy to play it for 16 years. Hopefully that's what they're thinking. And but- hey, it's, it's almost like the way that we kind of – we have that arrogance as Steelers fans about our head coaches. Yes, right? yes, absolutely. Like, oh, we're so good at this. No, I mean, you know, if we're we had good. to get rid of Tomlin, no big deal. Yeah, we could find like, another one. That's kind of the attitude, I think, of Green Bay with quarterbacks mm-hmm. because, I mean, look at their track record. Like they, I like they to say, miss. They've, been, they've been hitting Hall of Famers there since the Beatles were on tour. Like, seriously, <laughs> man. Like, if you play quarterback in Green Bay, you are good. You are yeah. stamped forever. And you're going to win a Super Bowl. You're going to, yeah, you're going to be a Hall of Famer. You're going to get some MVPs. Yeah. Let me ask you this then because cause you're right. The now, we never know how much stock to put into this, and obviously we didn't get to see him play any preseason games last year. We didn't get to see anybody play any preseason games last year. The The, the hubbub around Jordan Love in Green Bay is positive. Mm-hmm. As a as a guy who spent nine years in the NFL, Motsi, one, and let's, let's say quarterback specific, right? Yeah. How much stock can you really put into practice? And with that, two... Like if if you were a member of the Green Bay, you know if you were yeah. if you were in your sixth year of your NFL career right now and you were a Green Bay Packer, how many practice le- practices legitimately do you think it would take for you to form your opinion on like how many practices would you need out there against Jordan Love before you say that guy's a baller or that guy's a bust? It doesn't take a lot. Just a couple. Just a couple just, practices. <laughs> that that was gonna be that was my, my guess would have been yes. like three or four tops. <laughs> tops. If you haven't shown me in three with, with, with the good ones, the great ones actually, it would take it take a period. It takes one period, and you're like, okay, he's different. When I came here, man, it took the first team <laughs> possession, 15 plays for me to say, okay, Ben is exactly who I thought he is. <laughs> yes, this dude is, is legit. You know what I mean? When, when Vic came, Vic, it was like, all right, in the first five, I'm like, okay, he still has he some of it, but he's a shell of himself. Yeah. But we could just tell. With Landry and practice, it's like, all right, it's not what we wanted to be, but – we know that it can, we, we can work with what this is right here. He can win a game. Right. It's yeah. certain guys, as soon as you see it. Now, remember, uh, was it Zach Mettenberger, right? Yeah. He came <laughs> oh, here. Oh, jeez. Haven't the, heard that name And that years. was the difference, right? That was like, nah. <laughs> nah, he can't play. Like, you could just tell, like, it's certain ones, even if they're yeah. doing scout team reps, it's, it's night and day. Like, we've had Ben do scout team reps when Ben was coming back from yeah. injury. Yeah. He had the scout team <laughs> offense looking like they was legit. you like, bro, wait a minute now. Hold on here. In fact, he the reason some of these scout team wide receivers even got bumped up because yeah, it was like, yo, yeah. you're catching everything right you're here. Catching everything from Ben, like, like this crazy. But then you, like you said, you you take them same guys and put a different guy back there. You're like, nah, man, it ain't like that. So trust me, you can tell right away, man. So for them to be saying that, they must truly believe it. Yeah. But we also say this a lot of times as well. It's very dicey with guys who you haven't seen in actual games. Sure. It's it's different once right. the live because action, once the, the bullets thing, start flying. Even think about Mason uh, a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. We saw him in preseasons two years before. And we were like, man, all right, the first preseason, nah, it was all right. And then that last preseason, was, it was like, yo, he's yeah. really good. He like dives you, out, you right? You noticed the step forward. But yeah. then you saw when he actually got thrown into the NFL regular season games, it changed. It's a different animal. So that's my only thing. So it's like even though Jordan Love might be progressing and might be looking good in practice, there are going to be major growing pains once he starts you to still become never the quarterback. Until you, yeah. until you it's see just it. one of the, Unless you're – I mean, the Mahomes-type – Start that's super rare. That's one in a million. That doesn't happen. A lot of the times, it's like Josh Allen. 
Yes. Uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Where people are questioning. Or, or you're like wearing Tannehill. Like, right? that, where people are questioning you. Know, can this guy really win games? And then you start to put it together in year four, yeah. year five. That's yep. how it typically works. So with this, man, I just think it's going to be a similar scenario. But, yeah, I don't I don't think Aaron Rodgers is, is coming back to Pitts, uh, the, uh, Green Bay, man. I, I think he's eating his last cheese curd, Arthur Motes. Oh, good for his stomach. <laughs> On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. Duh. Last chance to get those tweets in, knuckleheads. Whatever you want to talk about. Draft stuff, Big Al stuff, Aaron Rodgers opinions. You got questions from Moats and I. You know where to find us. We'll do a little three-question Thursday. We'll also answer your tweets on the other side. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR.